0: Welcome to Career Tools. This week, Project Management, Chapter 1, Breaking Down Your Projects. Okay, Wendy, we get asked this all the time. How do I tackle projects? We, we handle it on the Manager tool side. How do I manage projects? And there's so many things. What do I do when I get a project? How do I handle it? And so on. And there are people around us who are, you know, they may be project managers, but I'm not a project manager. Mm-hmm. And this six-month project I'm supposed to be on and be a part of, they're asking me to do a lot. and It's just daunting.
1: Yep. The first few that you do, even if it's just a month, is how do I do this? That's all we're going to tell you.
0: Good. Okay. So what's our outline?
1: Okay. So the first step is to break down the project into big chunks. And then use the deadline that you've got for the project to give dates for those big
0: chunks. You know, before you go on, I know we've got several points to cover. Let's do this. Let's give people a sort of a hook to hang their hat on. We're going to create an example. We have an example here, right? Yes. We're going to use a sample project to give people some context. So -hmm. what's our sample?
1: Ah, so the, the sample project is creating a new onboarding process, which an onboarding process is the process whereby a new employee becomes a member of the team. And that's, a, that's something that managers often give to people.
0: Right. Isn't there a different word for that in Britain? My recollection is you called it something different.
1: I call it something different. And you know what? I've lived here so long. Ah. I've
0: <laughs> I love that. All yeah. right. Welcome to America. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're saying you're an individual contributor. You've Mm -hmm. just been given a project by your manager. Hey, create a new onboarding process for us. I don't have one. We're going to have to hire a bunch of people in the next year. The new employee starts in four weeks. We need something, right? We got to take them through a process. Even if it's not perfect, I need something that we can put them through to make sure they get most of the stuff done. And then we'll have a prototype, a template that we can then modify. And the next guy who goes through, will have that much better of an experience. So, I apologize for interrupting. Start again at the top. What's the outline?
1: Okay. So, first, we're going to take this project of creating the onboarding process and we're going to break it into big chunks. Okay. And then we're going to use the deadline that we have. So, the new employee starts in four weeks. So, we have to be finished in four weeks. So, we're going to use that deadline to give us dates for the big chunks. Okay. And then we're going to look at the first chunk and we're going to break that into smaller pieces. And we know the deadline for the first chunk. So, we're going to give the smaller pieces dates, and then we're gonna move the deadline forward to increase the momentum. So by forward, I mean earlier, try and get things done earlier, because I know forward and backward mean different things to different people. And then we're going to plot the first few tasks and we're gonna use a task planner to do that.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you my favorite part of this is plotting the first few tasks because most people create tasks that last weeks And they never get them done because they're always superseded by tasks that are due today. Yeah. Uh, So, okay, good. All right. So step one, we're going to break down our onboarding project that our boss has assigned us. We have four weeks to get this done. And for the record, guys, a project at its simplest, it's nothing more than a series of tasks that lead to a greater outcome. But that said, we're going to break the project down into chunks.
1: Anything that's got more than one one task is a project and what you do when you have a project even though you don't know this is you always divide it into smaller parts so if you think you're sitting at your desk and you think oh i need some coffee the first part you think of is how am i going to get from here to the kitchen with an empty cup and then there's the part of making the coffee and then there's that part of getting the coffee into the cup and then there's getting back to my desk so there's sort of four parts to it and then each part of that has a sub part right because You have to stand up from your chair. You have to decide which route you're going to take to the kitchen. You have to actually walk that route. So that's all we're doing. It's something everybody does naturally. You just don't think about it. And that's all we're going to do. We're going to divide it into big chunks and then divide it into each
0: smaller one. What you're saying is if you feel like a big project is daunting, back off of that fear a little bit. Because you have all kinds of experience taking what you know is something that may last an hour and you break it down into a bunch of smaller steps. Exactly. Okay, good.
1: So for our onboarding project, for example, we'll have research best practices because we want to do whatever other people recommend and um, using other people's processes when you are in the workplace, as long as it's not patented, is okay. Uh, plagiarism is not, is not a bad thing usually. And then we're going to create an onboarding plan with dates. And then we need to test the plan on the new hire. And then we need to make changes according to the feedback. So those those are our big chunks.
0: Okay. By the way, I love step four, that part of your project is the inclusion for this new onboarding project, this new onboarding process, your project, the final step is actually going to be rolling feedback from its first use into the next use. I like that. Okay. And step three, you said, is test the plan on the new hire, which is what your boss would say is actually the test of your project, but you're smarter than that. And so you essentially broken down the development into two steps, research best yeah. practices and then create a plan. And what's funny about that is I think a lot of people listening would say, wait a minute, you can't define a word with the word itself. And we would say, we agree with you. However, this is not a word definition. And in fact, there's going to be a statement in there about you got to create a plan. Because you've never done this before, you don't know what it actually is. And it may take you two or three days to know what actually is in an onboarding plan. If you weren't onboarded, maybe you've never been onboarded, you don't know. And that's why you research best practices. And another thing that I think will help people a great deal is you don't have to be perfect, guys. Uh, I think there are far too many people in the workplace today who so fear failure, who so fear being wrong, that when their boss says create an onboarding plan, particularly if your boss is a high D or a high C, she doesn't care that much that it's perfect. She just wants a checklist that she can measure against. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, I need to come up with something like Johnson & Johnson does for their new employees, which I bet is 80 pages. And it probably has an HR assistant overseeing it company-wide. And that's not what your boss wants. What your boss wants, even those bosses of yours who are high C's, what they want is something on a first draft that is reasonably complete and to some degree is quick and dirty, but doesn't look quick and dirty. And by that, I don't mean putting pretty graphics around it. But you won't sketch it out on a whiteboard, you'll actually put it together in a document and maybe have some sort of reporting process associated with it. Okay, good. When you say researching best practices, you're not saying that's an actual task, is it?
1: No, it's not a single action. You're gonna have to keep breaking those chunks down until you have what David Allen would call a next action, which is a single doable task. So a single doable task, if you're you're having a bad day, can be open the Word document. But it could be do a Google search or go to SHRM or go ask a different department. You know, those things are fairly doable tasks.
0: Yeah, I love that because one of the things when I read getting things done, the beauty of it was that whole next action, not just don't worry about all 80 tasks, worry about the next one and write the next one in some form to use your word that is doable. In other words, a task is not research something. A task is go get a book Mm -hmm. or find the book that is considered the standard, right? That's a doable task because you can measure whether or not it's done. Researching best practices is not a doable task because it's not done. You don't know whether or not it's done or not. Okay. Good. Okay. So we've got, so basically you've got four chunks here researching best practices, creating the plan with dates, testing the plan, and then making changes to it after getting feedback. Exactly. Good. And then the next thing is we've got to use the deadline to give dates for these four big chunks.
1: Exactly. So for those of you who have listened to the project, some of the other project management. Podcasts we have, Horseman's rule of project management is who does what by when. So we know yes. who's doing, should I say that again slowly? No. Who does what by when? Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I went, who does what by when? Because um, I've said it so many times. Um, so we know who's doing the big chunks. That'll be you. Um, and we know what you're doing because you named your big chunks. So now you just need to figure out when. And that's the putting the deadlines on. So we have four chunks and four weeks. So it makes sense to do one chunk
0: per week, right? Well, Except- no, but that doesn't work, right? I don't yeah, think that exactly. works in this case. I mean, look, that's a great way to start, but I already thought we made clear that steps three and four here are done after. They actually start on week five, right? Or, or day yeah. one of week four is the first day of step three.
1: Exactly. So first of all, not all the chunks are the same size. I mean, researching best practices might only take you a day if you have the right person to ask in HR and they already have it done, and they say, "Hey, I learned this on a course and it's the latest thing." Like it might take you no time at all. It may, might take you longer, but it's probably a short-ish chunk. And then, secondly, the feedback part that we named the fourth the fourth chunk where we said we won't get feedback, we'll get feedback to change it we can't do until after the person starts. So that's what project managers call a dependency. That action can't happen until the the person starts. So you're right. Chunks three and four can't happen until the person starts, which is in four weeks time.
0: Well, but that said, that gives us a rough idea of what the dates might be, right?
1: Exactly. And then the other thing we wanna take into consideration while we're looking particularly at this first big chunk is the thought that it's better to front load projects. So all of the tasks that you're gonna do, put them nearer the beginning of the time you have. So if for example, research best practices, and you think, okay, I'm gonna give myself a week. Don't think I'm gonna do it by Friday. Try and think I'll do it by Wednesday because something will happen on Tuesday. (laughs) And-
0: (laughs) Murphy's Law project.
1: Yeah, exactly. Your day will be blown and it, won't happen, especially if you haven't done this before. If you're doing a project for the first time or you're doing onboarding for the first time, which probably you are, you don't know how long things are gonna take. So it's much better to have stuff at the beginning and finish early than to have them spread out more sensibly, but you know, things happen and you end up on your deadline, which is not a nice place to be. Right. So we'll add the dates. So research best practices. We're going to do week one, days one to three. So, I'm thinking that's going to take three days, and I'm going to do it right at the beginning of the week.
0: And, and there's only two tasks that have to accomplish, two chunks, sorry. There are two chunks, which are going to break down into tasks, that have to be done in the four weeks. But if we were simplistic about this, going back to your earlier guidance about just spreading them on a lot equally to some degree, we would say two weeks for researching best practices, and then two weeks for creating a plan. But- If we're smart, we know it's way better to drive ourselves quickly in the beginning, as you said. And so, therefore, you're suggesting we're only going to do three days on researching best practices. And we're going to set up a deadline of within three days, everything that we, all the tasks that we think fit into best practices are going to be done within the next three days. Meaning we should have, assuming we get done in three days, three and a half weeks to actually Create, which I assume means document slash write up in some fashion. Mm-hmm. The onboarding Yeah, to plan. plan. Yeah. Okay. And is it fair to say, I'm just thinking this through a little bit more. I'm probably going to have to share it with the boss. But in your mind, that's probably part of the creation, right? Is, oh, yeah. Is the boss or sharing okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Good.
1: Yeah. So, like, like I said, these are big chunks. So, there's all sorts of smaller things that are in there that we haven't drilled down to yet. Okay. Okay. So, part two or chunk two was create an onboarding plan with dates. So I'm going to give myself a deadline. Week one, days four and five, and week two, days one to five. So I'm giving myself a week and a half, but again, I'm not waiting till week three because the guy arrives in week four. And what happens if I take this to the boss and I say, hey, this is what I've created. Are you good with it? And he says, no, I hate it. Start again. Now I've only got a week to do something instead of you know, another two weeks. And then testing the plan on the uh, new hire, we have to wait until week four because that's when the, the new hire starts. And then make changes according to the feedback we'll do on week five because the new hire will have had a week and our onboarding plan probably only lasts a week.
0: Now, there are some of you who are hearing this and, you know, we have four steps. Research best practices, create the plan, test the plan and make changes according to the feedback they get from testing the we get from testing the plan and you would say this is kind of funny you've actually reduced this project to two steps before it actually is used in other words research best practices and create an onboarding plan and the last two happen afterwards yes that's true okay and we know that even if we didn't put steps three and four testing the plan on it, because that's not technically part of the the, the guidance that our boss gave us. What he she wants is just the plan, but you know she's going to ask, hey, I expect you to improve it after the first go-round, and so that's why we have steps three and four. And you might be saying, well, okay, but you've essentially broken this project that scared me, four-week project, down into only two chunks, not two tasks, researching best practices is not a task, but a chunk, researching best practices and creating a plan. And again, we don't intend to define a word with the word itself, but we are just now at the chunk phase, okay? And there may only be 20 steps in research best practices, and there may be 200 in the onboarding plan, but all we're doing is going the funnel from the very widest down to something that's useful. This is in direct contravention to many places that say, on day one or day zero, plan what your first action will be and make it a minuscule action. You don't do that because that is done without context. You have to start at the top and narrow it down from the total project down to the chunks as Wendy has said, and then we're going to turn the chunks into individual tasks and Because now we know we're only going to give the first chunk, researching best practices, three days, all the tasks that we come up with for researching best practices have to fit within those three days. This is how you do it. You start with the broadest and you work from chunks into tasks, and then you make your tasks fit.
1: Exactly. Otherwise, you 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 can find yourself writing 200 tasks and find out they're going to take six weeks, in which case. You just failed the whole project management yeah. test, which is doing on deadline. Exactly. Okay, so now we take the first chunk, which was researching best practices, and we're going to break, da- break that down into smaller pieces. So we're going to try and get down to individual tasks, and you, it depends on the project, and this one, I'm, I'm going to get down to individual tasks now, but you may have to do this several times in order to get right down to this is the first task. So... Let's say you brainstorm how you could research best practices on onboarding, and you come up with a list. And your list is: ask a colleague, Google, and read a book. And then you you look at that piece and you think, okay, can I break that down into a single task? Well, you probably can. Choose a colleague, send them an email, check if I got a response. Now, those are single tasks within Ask a Colleague. So now I'm down to the right level. I don't need to keep breaking down, but I can start writing my single tasks for the researching brain, uh, best practices. And then what I need to do is give dates to those pieces. So I know I've got three days, so I better email my colleague on day one because if they don't get back to me for two days, I'm already on my, on my deadline day. Whereas if I email them on my deadline day and they don't get back to me for two days, again, I've missed my deadline, which is
0: the project management. Yeah, thing. I, and I actually learned that if you're talking about assigning something in a day, you ought to assign it with an actual time as well. And mm-hmm. as a general rule to keep your, from avoiding the issue of planning until it's too late and planning up to and past the deadline is to never assign a task that's due by a certain day, because all that means is it'll be done at the end of the day, assign it to be done by two or three o'clock so that you're reminded at two or three o'clock, hey, I missed the deadline or I need to get on that. And then I have a little bit of leeway at the end of the day. Okay.
1: So now we've, we can allocate start times to our subprojects. And again, we're going to front load them. So we're going to move anything to the front that depends on someone else and anything that we think will be difficult, we're going to move to the nearer the beginning of the project. And the thing about other people is they tend not to work to your own timetable or to your timetable. Oh, really? Really really irritating thing about other people is they just, I don't know, it's it's annoying. They have other work to do. They put other things first. They go off sick. There's all sorts of that. I mean, I wish I worked with robots, but I don't. So anything you have on your desk right now that needs something from someone else, get it off your desk and onto theirs. That's one of my big picture policies. Anything that I need from someone else, get it off my desk. Because the sooner it's off my desk, the sooner I'm likely to get a reply. So that's, again, why we're not waiting. So let's look at my task plan now. So ask a colleague. I'm going to do morning of day one. Google, I can do afternoon of day one and afternoon of day two. Because I'm going to assume that I've got some other work to do on day two in the morning. And Googling is a good thing to do in the afternoon when we're slightly less brainy. And then read a book. I'm going to do on the morning of day one. Because the reading a book might take longer. So I'm going to give myself longer to do it because the deadline's not till day three. And also it might, you know, it might throw up other things that I need to go research. So we'll put that earlier. And the other thing is, if you order the book, you're going to wait for it to arrive. So again, if you think of Amazon as another person, you want to get that off your desk and over to Amazon.
0: Yeah. And those of you who know our coaching model suggest we are know that we're big fans of David Allen getting things done. And another thing we've learned is that smaller tasks are much more likely to be done. And breaking things down into very, very small tasks is, is... absolutely the way to do it, even for senior executives. So, for instance, when it comes to read a book, to give you an example of how granular we're talking about here, guys, it sounds like this. For me, let's say Wendy's my boss and she's assigning tasks. They would say things like, by 5 p.m., send me a list of the top five books on onboarding on amazon.com. By 9 a.m. tomorrow morning, send me a receipt for the book that you bought. By 2.30 p.m. the next day, send me a picture of the book on your desk, and by 3 p.m. the following day, send me a three-sentence summary of chapter one of the book. And then, of course, every day there would be a new chapter of the book written. And Now we're getting to the old saw of how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, because as many of you know, if you've been to one of our public effective manager conferences, if you tell your directs, here's a book, I want you to read it, and in a month, we're going to have a discussion about it. 95% of your directs probably won't have finished the books and be ready to read it, ready to discuss it, until the very last minute. And three weeks into the four-week month, none of them will have done anything because they'll have put it off. Well, that's not good for a project. We can't do all the tasks in a project right at the very end. So making them small tasks that we can do daily, plotting them down in detail, We're saying, okay, the elephant is a trunk and a torso and um, four legs and a tail. And please, if you're an animal rights person, I'm speaking metaphorically. (laughs) Okay, please don't send me emails. I'm not suggesting we eat elephants. I'm using it metaphorically speaking. Okay, sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead, Wendy.
1: Oh, that's okay. And this is what people mean when they say, are you good at self-management? This is this yes. is what that 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 phrase means in this in the sense that you are doing for yourself what a manager might do for you so when you, where you have read a book and then you've got the subtasks like go to Amazon find the top 10 books on onboarding order a book you're essentially managing yourself so that's what they mean by that so then we're going to move the deadline forward to increase the momentum so anything that you can get done early, is great. Uh, The earlier you can do things, the more leeway you have for disaster later, the more changes you can make based on your manager's feedback or somebody else's feedback, the more flexibility you have. And the other thing is, for me at least, I have this long list of tasks and I'm doing them all early. And as I check them off, it makes me really happy in a completely stupid way because order a book on Amazon really isn't that hard. And I'm a grown up and I really shouldn't get that excited about doing it an hour early, but I do. And I don't think I'm the only one. Right.
0: So Oh, you're not the only one. Definitely.
1: Yeah. So I know people who add things they've already done to their to-do lists just so they can check them off. I'm not quite that obsessive, Wow. But it's, it's a thing.
0: Okay. That's a thing. I did not know that.
1: So now we're down to... So we're going to plot the first few tasks, which we've kind of talked about. We're going to go really specific. So we're down now to the single task level. And each action here can be done one at a time. But we're not going to talk about every task. We're just going to look at the first few tasks in each of the subprojects that we have in the first chunk. So we might have something like this. Call Bill and ask him if his team has an onboarding process. Day one, 10 o'clock. Use Bill's document to for, form the basis of my, mine. Day one, 10, 15. Now that assumes that Bob, Bill has a document, but m- maybe you wouldn't ask Bill if you didn't have the inkling that he did, but what do you do if Bill doesn't have an onboarding process and you've written that as your task, that you're going to use Bill's document as the basis and he doesn't have it, and it's oh. or it's not a document, or he refers you to Joe, and then you're stuck so that's why we don't go through too many tasks because once you add some tasks to a certain extent you're guessing going to happen and
0: you're implying some dependencies when you start planning five six seven tasks ten tasks in front you're essentially whether you mean to or not you're creating what amounts to dependencies but because you don't know whether task four or five are are going to end up the way you think they will you may create a fork in the process such that those five tasks you spend a half an hour planning are, it was a wasted half hour because you're not going to get to do them because, Bill's, because Bill doesn't have an onboarding process. We like to say this, uh, and Wendy, you may have heard me say this at a conference when we talk about coaching, and I mentioned coaching because coaching is a self-improvement project which the manager oversees. It's a bit like being in Munchkin Land in the movie The Wizard of Oz and having to build the Yellow Brick Road all the way to the Emerald City. What most people do is they get a ton of gold bricks or yellow bricks and and they build the entire road. And the fact is the vast majority of people won't spend the time to build the entire road, cannot predict all the dependencies and will end up being incredibly inefficient because of all the hidden failures and missed dependencies and so on. And so what the analogy that we use with people is you can build a road from Munchkin Land to the Emerald City with 10 bricks. You throw down five bricks in front of you, carrying the other five, and you walk forward on those bricks. Then you throw the next five down, pick up the five behind you, walk forward five bricks, and throw the next five down. You only have the bricks that are active right when you're doing it. You don't plan the thirty-eighth task in the third or fourth week. Fourth week of this on creating an onboarding project process project. You don't do it. That's what you're saying, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because when you get to the kitchen, the coffee might be full or the coffee might be empty, and you can't predict that from your desk. Right. So if you if you decide what you're going to do next. You might waste that decision and that, that brain power that it took to make that decision. Okay. So the last part of this is um, user task planner. So I'm going to give you a test now. Do you remember what the first four big chunks were that we split the project into?
0: I do, but I think about projects <laughs> and tasks all the darn time.
1: And can you remember what the deadlines for them were?
0: I think so. Week one, day three, and week three, and then end of week four and then the week and then whenever they finish the the uh then we do feedback in week five.
1: That's right. And how long will you remember that for? Do you think you'll remember uh, it tomorrow? No. <laughs> exactly, because it's like ten thousand other things are gonna happen between now and tomorrow. So it doesn't matter how smart you are, you have to write tasks down because there's just too many things going around. There's too many conversations, there's too many other things that are happening which will put you off. So you have to write this this down. and it does I don't care if you use Microsoft Project or a pencil and paper. it doesn't matter to some extent. but if you don't write things down, if you're not one of those people who has a task list and email is not a task list, by the way. if you don't have a task list, I can guarantee you your performance rating is worse than someone who does who does because writing tasks down is it just makes you more efficient okay so that's it the key is to have a list of tasks with the start dates and the deadlines and to look at it regularly that's a you know, if you don't look at it so we've started the project we've we've got our big big chunks we've divided the first chunk into smaller chunks and we put deadlines against it and then we looked at the very the smallest chunk the first smallest chunk and we worked down to single tasks. And when we've done those tasks, then we'll decide whether or not the first chunk is finished. And if it is, we'll go on to the second chunk. And if it isn't, we'll do some more tasks there, always being cognizant of when the deadlines
0: are. And I'll tell you, one of the things I love about this is it basically pays tribute to one of the things we know about projects is the likelihood of success of a project is most easily predicted by green status of early tasks in the project. In other words, if in the first two weeks of a 10-week project, everything's red, that project's never going to get done. In fact, as long as there's no political ramifications for not doing it, everybody will realize this isn't getting done. There's no political ramifications. I'm not going to work on this stuff and it's going to die. We'll leave it on the books, but it'll die. On the other hand, if you're managing your own project and in the first three or four days, everything gets done because you've created small tasks and they're easy to do, you'll start feeling motivated to continue working on it because it looks green. If you give yourself gigantic tasks like, you know, write the document in the first two days, you'll never get it done. You'll feel guilty. You'll miss the deadline and it'll just get colder and colder and less and less. And then you'll have to pay the price later.
1: And for everybody who can still remember college, that's what most of us did in college. And that's why we had to stay up all night and drink coffee. And I didn't do that. The older you get, the harder it is.
0: (laughs) I didn't do that. (laughs) I could say for once, I'm not, in that regard, I'm not normal. Okay. So, overview, quick overview of our outline.
1: So, break down the project into big chunks, use the deadline to give dates for the big chunks. Break the first chunk down into smaller pieces. Right. Use the deadline to give dates for the smaller pieces. Move the deadline forward to increase the momentum. Plot the first few tasks and use a task planner.
0: The first few tasks, but not all of them, guys. Again, not all of them. And in today's world, we really probably do recommend some sort of digital task planner. We like OmniFocus because it's receptive or respectful of getting things done. Yes, you can use pen and paper. It works just fine. I think the story going around right now is that in in 2015 is that NASA put a person on the moon in the 1960s with no piece of computer memory larger than 56K. That may be somewhat apocryphal, but I'm Fairly certain that's true. I've heard it repeated enough lately. Uh, they told
1: me it at NASA when oh, I went. Good.
0: Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. so, now, that said, we're not against digital technology. We just don't want you to use it just because it exists. That said, those of us who use it, it will not eliminate your paper, but it will help enormously giving you visibility when you want it rather than always carrying your paper.
1: And it doesn't matter whether you just said it, building a space shuttle or organizing a staff meeting, every single project is a series of tasks done by someone by a deadline. And every project can be broken down in chunks until you get to a single task. And then you just do the tasks and then magically the project gets done. It is like magic because it's so easy to do this tiny little task that you set yourself. And the sooner you start, with small things, the sooner you'll learn how to do this and the better you'll get at estimating time and the bigger projects will come much more easily.
0: Yep, you'll have learned the discipline of project management, exactly. Absolutely. Good. Okay, thanks, Wendy.
1: Thanks, bye everyone.
0: That's it, everybody. This is chapter one of a mini chapter series on project management, a huge part of our lives every day. Hope you'll come back for chapter two. See you then.